Kelsey and this is KaleidoCast. Let's go! Today we are graced by the presence of Kate from the beautiful, ethical and sustainable children's brand OB Designs. OB Designs was one of the first brands we stocked here at Kaleido and it continues to be one of our best sellers. Anyone who owns an OB product will definitely know why, but if you don't already, you will by the end of this potty. Kate is a wildly successful boss lady, mama of three, and adventure lover, and we are just busting at the seams to get to know her some more and share her story with you. So a big Kaleido welcome to you, Kate. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was a, a wonderful intro, and I hope I'm worthy of it. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely are. So while I was jotting down um, my little intro, I was chatting to my three-year-old banjo, um, and he was holding his Ross Fox um, in his arms and he is just, he's absolutely in love with them. He will not go to bed without his Ross Fox. So I, I thought while I was writing things down, I would ask him why he loves him so much. And he replied with, I don't know, but he just loves him so much. So I was like, that's a pretty good indication. Kids just absolutely love your products. Um, and maybe you could tell us all about them. Okay. Oh, that's a big question. Um, well, well, it started back when I had my eldest daughter, Evie, and um, I was playing with her and I thought she was so beautiful. And I just wanted to create, I just saw a hole in the market, I guess, for toys that were as beautiful as she was to me, you know? Oh, that's so lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's and absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I think that's really the heart of it. And I guess that's where it sort of grew from there. I had some experience in product development. And, um, and so I suppose I sort of pulled on that knowledge and felt confident in manufacturing toys, which is kind of a big leap, considering, you know, the safety of them, you know, where they're manufactured. It's kind of like, I suppose, if you didn't have any experience, it would be quite an overwhelming task because you don't want to make, you want to make sure that they're really, really safe, <laughs> number one, and, uh -huh. you know, what kind of materials do you use, and it was just like a minefield, but I guess we just sort of started, just did it bit by bit, and slowly, and um, it's been a process of, you know, you learn a lot in 10 to 12 years about what works and what doesn't work uh, and I think that where the brand's at right now is a lot of learning experiences for the last 10 years. Yeah so it so OB Designs um, started like you said 10 years ago so it mm. came from humble beginnings can you take us back to the days at your kitchen table? Mm -hmm. Yep so when we, I got the idea, which I look back on it now and I think, oh my, we started um, just by buying different pieces of fabrics and then, and then we just ended up putting together this toy. But I suppose what I, what I noticed, our first toy was the teether, the dingering, we called them a dingering is what we used to call them. And um, they're a wooden teething ring and the inside, what, what I guess what I, I was trying to combine a rattle and a teether together. And I wanted it to be soft because when my daughter was little and she would grasp at things, she oftentimes would like drop it on her head. And then she, one time she split her lip open with this toy she was playing with. And 
I just was like, gosh, there's gotta be a better way than that. Cause she liked the rattle sound, but she was also teething. So she'd rattle it and then she'd be like, oh, I really like that. And then she stuck a stick at her mouth. So that's where the combination of the toy came to be. So it was a rattle, a soft toy and a teether all in one. Yes, and that was our, yeah, that was our first product. And I think that that's, we just had like one good idea. And that's, that's really all you have to have is just like one different good idea. And then from there, you can sort of branch out into yes. other things. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that the ding-a-rings are definitely, everyone absolutely love them here in the shop. Um, they're absolutely mm. brilliant. And I, pre I presume they're still one of your best sellers now. Would that get big? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even so long later, it, they're still going really well. And I just think that it's because they're just a really great product. They're just a really great concept and they're a perfect baby's first toy because they're light, they can teeth on them, they're interesting, they make noise. Yes, And yes. parents like them because they're beautiful. So. Yes, and they have a bit of personality too, which we'll get into mm. a little bit later. But yeah, we, yeah. we love them. So you started selling them um, at the markets, is that correct? Yeah, we did, we did some markets uh, and yeah, yeah, we did. We did some markets and um, I think I got to a point where I was like, I don't want to have to do this on my Sundays because I really wanted to be with my family and my husband was home. And so that's when we really wanted to get into wholesale and we thought wholesale was just a really good way to go because it's Monday to Friday, um, all the school holidays, it's low season and it's just perfect. Yeah. So, so then we started just focusing on wholesale. Right. So that's how it all came about. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So your first name was Oddbod and then yeah. you transformed into OB Design. So can you take us through how you came to the name Oddbod to start with? Yeah. Um, well, we came up with Oddbod Designs because we thought that our concept was sort of odd and we, we started out like really, um, really funky and unusual and pretty wacky designs. And I think it, and that's why we called it Oddbod. And it was just something different because when you have, when you come into the market with like a new brand, you wanna sort of stand out and be noticed. And so that's why we created our stuff to be unusual. Like we had a bunyip, an orange bunyip made out of corduroy. And it was like, is pretty wacky and koalas with these wacky prints and they were square and very unusual. Oh my gosh, I would love to see some of those on your socials one day. Take us back to where, yeah. where I start. I would love to see them. <laughs> That's yeah, a challenge we'll for you. Yeah, we'll have to dig them out of the, oh, I'll maybe make a note of that. Yeah, we'll have to dig them out of somewhere uh, yes. very deep. <laughs> <laughs> that would be brilliant. I'd love to see that. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a big evolution. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let's go right back to the beginning. Um, so where did you grow up and what family look like for family life look like for you? Because I think I can sense a bit of an accent. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm so where did you Jack grow up? Yep, I grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. Right. Okay. Brilliant. So what did family life look like in Jacksonville? Um, well, to be honest, it was, it was unusual. Uh, my mom and my dad were divorced. So I was raised by a single mom and she was an ultra successful real estate agent. So mm, and a very competitive, yeah. And a very competitive town and 
ended up being the number two in the whole city. And the number one, sometimes she kind of went back and forth, number one, number two in the city of Jacksonville. And at the time, it was back in the 80s and she was an unusual woman because here she was a single mom driving to pick me up from school in a Cadillac that she paid for herself. Wow, what an inspiration, that's amazing. Yeah, she was definitely um, held a high standard for, you know, what could be achieved as a woman. Mm. brilliant that is and especially mm. I guess in the 80s like you said like nowadays um it's very prevalent we're all about um power to women but yeah back um yeah a couple of decades ago that that would have been brilliant to see yeah she was a she's a she's a big time feminist <laughs> yeah good on her <laughs> and yeah. did you have brothers and sisters yes I have a sister mm-hmm. lovely yeah. and in, is she in Australia or still in America She's in America, in North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, lovely. So is there any little um, adventures that you'd like to share from your childhood that you can remember? Uh, Adventures. I probably got into the real adventures when I got a little bit older. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started surfing. And I think with the surfing, the waves were really bad in Florida. It was just so horrible, but (laughs) we had a lot of heart and very, very, we're in Florida. We're very excitable about the surf conditions. Like no matter how bad it is, if it's six, six inches high, it's three foot and glassy. And, (laughs) um, yeah. And so when you're surfing that, those sort of conditions, you kind of like get a wanderlust for where's better than here. And so I started to travel to like Costa Rica in the nineties. And um, that was pretty amazing. It was nowhere near the population that it is now and um, just desolate beaches and killer waves. And me and my friends would just go surfing and we'd organize the trips ourselves. And I think that that's where, I think I like the challenge of being able to do things myself. Like, yeah, I did that, you know, and it was sketchy. It was just me and some girls and we did it all by ourselves. And yeah, and it's felt like at a time where girls didn't surf that much. They didn't travel without boys or parents that much. And yeah, so that, I think that's where my wanderlust happens. And um, those, I, those are, I look back are like my big adventures and, that's how I ended up meeting my husband. Yes, it sounds like you have a lot of your mama in you. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's where I was yeah. going to go in our little um, pre-podcast questionnaire. You mentioned quite mm. a few adventures. So you mentioned meeting your hubby surfing in Bali, which is what you just said, buying a combi yep. in Australia and taking off on a roadie and camping in Central America with howler monkeys. So before mm. I get to know your own little family, I think we would really like an insight into you and your hubby's pre-kid adventures because it sounds very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I finished college and my best friend and I saved up money working at restaurants and then we decided let's go to Indo and um, at the time in America it's very like insular and you don't get a lot of news fed in it unless it's I don't know it's it can be a little dicey the information that you get in. So the information that was coming in was Indonesians are killing Catholics and beheading them. And 
don't go there. There was like oh, huge wow. travel warnings. Yeah, but my friend and I, yeah, and we know that Bali is amazing. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, yeah. So all the so I'm from the south, and it's very conservative down there, and that's nobody really. It's unusual to leave and travel, and so my friend and I got these mags, surf mags, and we were like, "Gosh, this looks amazing." doesn't look that bad. I mean, we're probably not going to be beheaded. And <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we booked our tickets and um, went to Bali and had the most amazing time. It was like crowded, but it was, it was in 2001 and it was just before the twin towers were bombed. Oh, wow. And it was like, the sorry club was great. And it wasn't that busy. Like it was up until COVID and um man we just had the best time we went surf desert point and we surfed uluatus and um you know obviously kuda and like all these geely islands and whatever it was amazing and uh then we were on this surf charter where there's two boats and um the sister boat to our boat had a bunch of aussie guys on it and um we were basically a couple of American girls sprinkled in there with some other folks from around the globe, but older people and uh, nobody hot. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, so on the other boat, I was sitting, like, we didn't know we were being spied on. I don't even know if I'm rattling on on this story or not, but. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really captivated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're on one boat and my friends and I get on the boat and we're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And we're jumping off the boat into clear water and we're frolicking and we're splashing each other. And it was looking back adorable and pretty gorgeous because we're all fit and brown. And, <laughs> and we didn't know this, but the boat with my husband on it and, and all of his mates, they were spying on us with binoculars. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they were like, I want that one. And I want that one. And they Dibs. were marking us. Yeah, dips. And we were like, what? And then I, we found all this out later, like this video of us. And we're just like, oh my God, oh we're my being gosh. fully spied on. <laughs> yeah, we're being fully spied on. Uh, is it flattering uh, or is it stalkerish? <laughs> oh, I didn't hear about it until after, like, yeah, well, I think it's, I think it was flattering because they were just cute Aussie boys because they were spying on us. My husband was spying because. He expected to see a boatload of hopefully old guys with longboards and that wouldn't be any competition for the young bucks that could surf big time waves. Oh. And he, he goes and he's like, oh, who's, what guys are on this boat? And it's like a whole boatload of girls. Oh, hey. And he, he's like, guys, get over here now, check it out. And uh, yeah, that's when they all got really excited. And um, uh, yeah. It was, it was a hoot. And uh, one night when we started traveling around with this other boat, they would, they played a bunch of card games they, and they got really, um, they got pretty drunk and they said, okay, whoever loses has to swim over to the girl's boat. And I'm like really getting into this. Okay. So two of them get onto the boat, get, uh, swim over, paddle over to our boat. It's like 300 meters away in the middle of the night in Indonesia, like hectic, you know, harbor area, get onto our boat. And then they, they're like, hey, he's going girls. And then 
oh my gosh, they me talking about this, and then vomited all over <laughs> our surfboards and everything. And we we're like, oh my God, these Aussie boys are whack. <laughs> they are. I tend to agree with that. <laughs> oh my God. We were like, what in the world? And uh, so, so I know the next day they were sore and sorry and very embarrassed. And um, anyway, they let us have heaps of waves. And uh, <laughs> It was, yeah, no, it was all good. And, and then my friend and I were traveling to um, Australia after that. And that's where we went to King's Cross. Somebody's like, we're like, so where do you go when you go to Australia? And um, somebody's like, you should go to King's Cross. It's a great place. And we, we said, okay, well, we'll go there. That sounds, that sounds very like English and the Queen. And it's mm -hmm. got to be very, very nice. And we get there and you know what it's like. There's... <laughs> Yeah, uh, all these places and I'm sure we, there's some just, headlines about King's Cross that are similar to your Indonesian headlines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, and it's a pretty racy area, and uh, we thought, <laughs> wow, this is rough. Is this how Australia is? And um, anyway, we went and bought a combi the next day. We were out of there and headed for the coast. And um, yeah, wow, yeah, it's love at first it took, sight by the sounds. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once we, yeah, it definitely. Well, once we got out of King's Cross, we were good. We were like, okay, is this going to be cool? And uh, my friend and I had never seen roundabouts. So it took us like, it's, oh my gosh, it took us 12 hours to get from King's Cross to Newcastle. So for anybody who is not really aware of the distances, how far do you think that would normally take you now? Four. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. <laughs> uh, my girl, my girlfriend's the worst navigator in the world. But anyway, it was fun. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, it's a good story. And so how did um, Hubby get you to uh, stay in Australia? Um, I missed that bit. How did he what? How did Hubby get you to convince you to stay in Australia? Um, well, it's a pretty good spot where we're at. We live in Lennox Head which is just right next door to Barn. Yeah, beautiful. And it's so nice here. You know, the waves are really good. And um, I don't know that he really had to convince me too hard, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Obviously been on quite a few adventures since you guys met. Um, yeah. And then and I guess it leads you to your biggest adventure, which is your family now. So can you take us through mm -hmm. your little fam now? Yep. Yep. So I've got my eldest daughter, Evie. She's 13 and she just started high school this year. Um, and then Willow is 12. She just turned 12 and she's just about to graduate from primary school. Ooh. And then I've got my little fella, Hunter, who's seven and he's about to finish first grade. Gosh, it's all happening in your household at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty busy. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> so what is life look like with um, the three kids living around Byron and Lennox for you guys? Um, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. I mean, like it, I can't imagine a better childhood for them. It's, uh, you know, not a big population. It's safe. Uh, the, the beaches are beautiful. There's a wonderful community here. Uh, it's dreamy, idyllic. Yeah, yes, exactly. That's, yeah, Byron and Lennox is a pretty good spot in Australia, that's for sure. Uh, so yep. 
you, you mentioned it's really busy with three kids and a business. So do you have any time to fill up your own cup? Do you still get to surf or do you have any other hobbies that you enjoy? Yep. Yep. Um, I try to get out as much as possible. Um, I don't surf as much as I used to. Uh, however, when I do, I love it. And uh, what I've been doing lately is I just have to get up really early in the morning and I've got to exercise in the morning before I do anything else. Cause it just, uh, it sets my pattern for the rest of the day. And then I'm like, I'm, when I come in at 7am, I'm ready for them and I'm ready to help them and assist them because they just need a lot of support. Yes. A lot of prompting to get ready for days, mm-hmm. isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should just have like a voice recording of myself. Get yes. up, make your bed, pack your bags. Yes. Oh, Clean your uh, teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Clean yes. your teeth to put your sunblock on. Oh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of mums would um, agree with that one. So mm. uh, hubby is a primary school teacher. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So can you tell me how he contributes to the design process of some of the OB products? Um, he's a really good sounding board. Yeah. He's a really, he really is. Normally, if he thinks something's a good idea, 95% of the time, it's a good idea. Yeah. And And then there's been times where I'll, yeah, where I'll have an idea and he'll say, I don't like that idea. And then I'll get mad at him because he doesn't like my idea. And then I walk away and get over my mad and then I can use it. it, I can usually come to terms with the fact that he was right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a common story amongst um, couples as well, but does he, I guess being a primary school teacher, he'd understand um, a lot of, I guess, the sensory needs and things like that for children when it comes to creating toys does he have much to say mm. in that type of thing or help you out with those kind of um, circumstances? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, yeah just the great. feeling, the sensory, how heavy they are. Um, yeah, that he's been, it's, it's just really great to have somebody that is 100% on your team that, yeah, is it just a wonderful sounding board. Yeah, brilliant. Mm. Sounds like a great team. So let's chat a little more um, about OB. So can you take us through your education path and how you became the brilliant boss lady that you are today? I don't know if I'm brilliant. I think it's more like falling into it. That's good Um, still. That's even more brilliant. No plan B. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, my education path was, it, I, I studied psychology because, um, because I was, I was looking at being a either a psychologist or I could use that degree to go into law because that just makes a lot more sense in America. Yes. And, um, then I got here and I had immigrated and I was thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? Because I realized I didn't want to be a psychologist at that point. And I, yeah. And then I had fallen in love with um, business. So back when I met my husband in order to fund my trips between Australia and America for five or six years, that's, that's a lot to, to go back and forth like that. 
And so in order to do that, I started buying jewelry in Bali and then I started selling it and I started wholesaling it in America. And then I did markets in Australia, which markets are more popular here. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got a bit of a bug, a bit of a taste for the flexibility of having your own business. Right. And um, yeah. And then, so when I came here and I immigrated, I got a job as a buyer, an international buyer at a water sports company in Byron. And uh, I really liked that. I learned how to everything, all the, the, the containers, importing, customs, um, product development, marketing, branding, the whole shebang yes. I learned. Yeah, it was um, it was like a crash course in small business and yeah, that manufacturing. Is fantastic. Yeah. So I was only there for a little while and then I fell pregnant with Evie and I was like, okay, to be honest, working nine to five, five days a week is not for me. I just, I, I, I like flexibility. I like, I'm not a great employee, um, to be honest. And I needed to create my own business. And so when I was sitting there playing with Evie, I was like, I have, Oh, aha. And, and I couldn't find really anything else that I, this idea that I had. Yes. And so I guess, I guess what I'm saying is I don't have any formal education. Yes. I didn't but go to school everything for it. You need. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can learn on this. The school of life is just as valuable. That, yes. That is oh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Mm. And so inspirational as well, because there's so many people that like you said, thought that they wanted to do something and then, you know, you can change that path. So that's, yeah, brilliant. Mm. I absolutely love that. So can you Mm. describe to us the feeling or the moment where you knew OB like was going to become bigger than just your little, your dingering at your, at your markets? Um, I think when we went to our first trade show, we were, we had five little toys and we got quite a few orders and we were, we were thinking, I think this might have legs and we got more orders than other people around us. And then we started getting reorders. So when you get the, when you get the first order, that's amazing. But when you get the reorders, that's when you know that you're onto something. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Amazing. And OB is now an international success as well. So can you tell us how that came to fruition? Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's not an international, I wouldn't say it's an international success, but it's, it's international (laughs) and it's got a lot, it's got a lot more than it can, that it can do. Um, And I, yeah, so we're in the States. We've got a warehouse fulfillment center over there that takes our orders and processes them and um, it's going over there, but there's a lot of noise in the US market and by noise, I mean competition. Yes. So it's, yeah, we're trying to like figure out different ways in order to, to break in without blowing a whole heap of money on marketing that doesn't work. Yes, yeah, tricky, very <laughs> tricky. So you mentioned, um, I guess your warehouse in America um, and you have everything going on here in Australia too so do you have um, a team that backs you up um, an OV team behind you yep yep so I use a fulfillment center 
in that's part of my um, business model. I've got a fulfillment center in Sydney. I have a fulfillment center in LA. And then I have um, customer service uh, representatives that helps me. Her name's Christine. And like, thank God for Christine. She yes. is like everything for me. And then I've also got uh, Tori that is our design side, graphic arts and um, marketing. And we all, we, Tori and I do a lot of marketing together and product development. She's like my right hand design person. Yep. And then I've got two sales reps in Australia for um, WA and then Queensland. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. But, so it's still a small yeah. team. It's a small team, but we, I flog them. Small but mighty. <laughs> yeah. They're small but mighty. They're small <laughs> but mighty. I mean, we, the, the real thing is I could bring my warehouse back here. Yes. And then I could have many, you know, many different people working with me, but like, then I've got to actually go and, and actually it's going to take away from my concentration on the product. Yes. And I just feel like it's a service that I pay for. And that's a major part of the busy work is the packing. Yeah. As you would know. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah it takes up yeah. a lot of your time. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. But if you have something that works like it does, then that's, yeah, that's brilliant. Mm. Yeah. That's Great boss lady advice. <laughs> I, well, I think I think just concentrate. If, if give away jobs that you when you can give give away the jobs that you don't want to do. Yes. And um, concentrate on the big stuff. Yes, brilliant. We just hired a VA, and I just can't believe. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so amazing. She's so brilliant. Yeah, just with like you know, just those little things that take up so much time, but. Um, they just, you just can't get to the bigger things because those ones keep stacking up. So yes, very excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So you're incredibly passionate um, about sustainability and ethical manufacturing. So from your natural yeah. materials all the way down to the completely compostable packaging. So can you take us through the process for each OV design product and why it's so important to you? The poly bags were something that always bothered me. When we first started the business, we didn't have any poly bags. We were like, oh, forget it. That's an absolute waste of plastic. It's horrible. But as you grow, you really need to keep your product clean because when a, a store gets it, they open up the box and there's no packaging. It's like, oh. So we started using the plastic bags. And then, because the cornstarch bags hadn't really come, we've always asked for them, but they're now available. So I think uh, three years ago, we switched over to the cornstarch bags, like as soon as we could get it. And it's more expensive, but, you know, gosh, that just saves a lot of plastic. If you look at everything you're wearing, like my dress to my shoes to everything, all of it has come in poly bags. And if it's not compostable, I mean, that is just obscene. You know, even the food, but it don't even get me started on that. Um, yeah, so we just thought, what can we do that's, you know, so we switched to that. And then we've always used um, recycled uh, cardboard for our swing tags. And we use uh, um, cotton string. So instead of having the plastic things that go through, we've always used cotton string. So I th the, the only thing I, I still, oh, the other thing that we do now is all the interior components of our toys are made from recycled plastic bottles. So 
polyester is made from plastic. Um, but the internal stuffing and the, and the, the little beads that are inside that are tactile, they're made from recycled plastic bottles. So when you pick up one of our toys, there are approximately two plastic bottles that have been recycled. That's awesome. Um, I'm pretty stoked on that. Uh, yes. But exterior plush is not recycled, uh, but they are starting to make recycled plush fabric. Wow. However, <laughs> the quality is, it's not quite there yet. And I don't want to, um, I don't want to sacrifice the quality of our products and the child sensory experience at this time. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also aware of the fact, I'm not sure how I feel about when somebody picks up our toy and it's like the exterior of the toy is made from recycled plastic bottles. I'm just not sure if the market's there yet, what are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's um like what you're doing already is incredibly amazing. Um, but yeah, it, it's yeah, it's very tricky. Like people, I guess, with their children are very funny about what's touching them, what's near them, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it can be, like you said, maybe they're not yet that not there yet, but I think we'll get there definitely, but at the moment that, like you said, the plushness and the beauty of that fabric is definitely, um, you know, second to none. So I think you're mm -hmm. yeah, definitely doing the right thing at the moment. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We're always trying to like, just do as much as we can. Um, yeah. And just minimize the packaging, but still give it a beautiful retail experience. Yeah. I think you're definitely achieving, achieving that. I want to talk a little bit more about, um, that a little bit later actually because they've got so much character uh, the little toys so I'll talk to you about that soon but I was going to say you are an incredibly generous soul and OB is a supporter of the Kenyan charity um, Rafiki Mwemwa is that have I said that correctly yep so can yep. you tell us about this charity and why it's so close to your heart sure uh, so we've been we've been donating and working with Rafiki for quite a long time, I think, um, oh my gosh, I think seven years. And we've sponsored kids over the years. And then I thought, you know, I guess it's like the thought process is what more can I do? And um, so last year I was thinking, they don't have a, a mascot. They don't have a, a toy for the kids. And because it's a children's charity, I, I thought, well, wouldn't that be cool if we created a toy for them? and then donated the sales back to the charity, which would be, you know, quite significant and, and make a real difference there. And so I talked to my friend, Sarah, is Sarah, she lives here in Lenox. And um, the other owner is over in England and her name's Anne-Marie, she's fantastic. She's actually a, ch a ch child psychi psychiatrist, I think. And uh, yeah, she, she specializes in helping traumatized children to, um, yeah, just to help them, you know, find and rehabilitate place. them, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trying to say, yeah. So yeah, I talked to them and they thought it was an awesome idea because then they can just have a bit of a representative instead of, you know, and people can, you know, children can have it and I don't know, it just helps promote it a bit more. 
Yeah, and find that, I find that tribe, I guess, don't they? Find that togetherness amongst, um, you know, each of them have that little mascot and that's their thing that pulls them all together. Yeah, and, and um, you know, just if somebody gets like a membership, say it's $100, they get a toy and then somebody sees the lion and they're like, oh, where does that come from? Oh, that comes from Rafiki. Yeah. And then they go, oh, wow. Oh, you get this when you get that, when you purchase such and such. Right. Or if yes. you're at a, at a toy shop, they want to give a gift that has a, a gift with purpose, they can buy Rafiki. Yeah, brilliant. So brand building as well. That's your, <laughs> your boss lady coming out as well. That's a perfect combo. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gone really well this year. And um, yes. at the moment we're sold out. So we'll have another, I think more in next week. Yes. Oh, that line is absolutely to die for. I loved him when we had him in the store, but he didn't stay around for long, like you said. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Well, yeah. I'll have more in next week. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Uh, you also donate toys um, from your range to foster children in your local area. Is that correct? A local in- Indigenous community. The Falls, Yeah, and the Bunjums. So we're working with them. We just uh, donated... I think they've got thir- one, the rock walls in Byron have like 30 kids and they do this big family day. So we donated, we just went there and we just laid out all this product and we said, have whatever you want. Oh my goodness. And, they would have been so stoked. Yeah. yeah so the late, the leaders of the community um, selected for them. And then I think in a couple of weeks time, they're going to have a big family day and surprise the kids. Oh, wow. Oh, I hope you get some feedback from that to see all their beautiful faces because they will love them so much. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. The ladies were so excited, and um, and then the Bunjam, uh, well, I think, is it the the charity's called uh, Bunjam Charity, mm-hmm. and that's in Ballina, and um, that is the Bunjalong community, and they they are really big. So we just they took everything, and they were just really pumped. So that oh yeah, yeah, it was awesome to, yeah, just to donate to our local community in yeah, that way that's brilliant we could definitely mm. uh all take a leaf out of your book I think um which mm. is the perfect segue into when you were featured in a book can you tell us more about that oh my god oh my gosh this is a uh yeah yeah it was a kind of a funny story it was when I was on that surf trip everything happened on that surf trip I uh, got rolled on a reef surfing and I got really, really cut up all over my body. Oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, I know. And there was like an older guy on the boat who's like, you know, an older guy who's married and stuff like that. And he cleaned me up and he knew what to do because I had never been around fire coral and you know, whatever, put lemon juice on it. It was horrible. And 10 years ago, my friend contacts me out of the blue that was on the boat with me and was said, hey, you're not going to believe this, but Greg Blaze just, hope he never hears this, <laughs> Greg, Greg just wrote a book and just mentioned you in the book. And I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm cringing already. And uh, <laughs> I hope it was all good. It was all good, but he called me a blonde bombshell. And oh. I was, he's like, please rescued her, the American blonde bombshell, and cleaned her wounds. 
And it was just a little bit like, oh my gosh. So was it a fiction or a nonfiction story? It was, an, it was I guess, nonfiction if it's the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. But, but it was a bit cringy. <laughs> Maybe a bit embellished. <laughs> embellished and a little bit, yeah, like, oh no. That's funny. I didn't expect that. I thought it might have been like, you know, a business book or magazine or something like that. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, this trip is a big, big thing in your life. Oh, oh you know, <laughs> my mom probably wishes I never went on it. <laughs> <laughs> no way. She's got grandies from that. So I think she's probably fine with it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> so I speak to uh, my business guests a lot about social media and how it's a really integral, uh, integral part of marketing nowadays. So do you find that you manage... Do you manage your socials at the moment or? Yep. Um, it's a huge part. It's just gigantic. Um, yeah, if you can't get your social media locked down, then you're missing out on free marketing. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't do it because um, Tori does it because yep, if right. I have to sit there and spend five hours a week dealing with it and Christine manages it as well. So I, I'm not being effective, but I make sure that we're making the right products and getting the right pictures. And I think if you create a beautiful product, what's great is that people will take products, take pictures of it, and then they'll tag you. And that's the beauty of it. And then also professional photo shoots. Like I can't even tell you how, how wonderful they are. They're a great investment. Yeah, actually, I was just about to say that, um, you know, the common uh, saying that you should never work with animals or children, but yet all you guys do is work with children. So I was going to ask how you yeah, find yeah. your um, photo shoots working with babies and kids and have you learned anything to find that perfect shot? It's pretty It's pretty cute. It, <laughs> it can be hard, but it's real. When they are playing up and everybody's happy and you get those adorable shots, they are just divine. Yes, there's so um, many, like so many shots on your socials and I'm just like, oh my goodness, they're just so phenomenal. Yeah, I think it's also hiring the right people because yeah. I'm not a professional photographer, but our photographer, Emily K Creative, is amazing. And I have done photo shoots before with kids and it's been, I've been able to do it, but I know that's not my lane. Yes. You know, so like that's said, why we hire. Yeah. Stay focus, in my lane. Yeah, that's right. Focus on what you can do. And so there's a lot of things that some uh, many people can do a little bit better than us. So it's always good to get them on board. Oh my gosh. They're worth it. Yeah, absolutely. If I could tell anybody, probably my best advice, it would be to outsource what you don't know. Yes. Yes, but you can tell through your photo shoots that um, your photographer does a, a really brilliant job. Do you like, do you go onto the photo shoots often? Yeah, yeah, we just did one last week. We did a, a monster last week. We had a videographer. Uh, we had Emily K Creative. We had um, six kids, two babies and four toddlers. We had four mothers. And um, Tori was there. It was just huge. We rented out the Balinga house in um, Queensland up in Koolangatta. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Great, great spot. Beautiful house. So it made it really easy to take 
beautiful photos and to like set the stage for our products just to shine. It was just yes. fab. Yeah, oh, awesome. I bet you also have to have some cooperative children. So it sounds like they were all beautiful. <laughs> so, oh, no, someone was always crying. Yeah. It was okay. <laughs> That's just like is <laughs> the big enough. <laughs> That house is big enough that we could just escape. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's always the, um, there's always one child crying behind all the family photo shoots or something like that, isn't there? A hundred percent. And sometimes they're the best. Sometimes they're the best photos, the, the, the classic ones that end up on the walls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So let's play a little game of, um, it's called Fave, Flop and Flu. So what product um, is your favourite what product okay. has flopped, if any, and what product um, has just flown off your shelves? Oh, okay. Oh, my favorite product. That's a really hard question. Um, my favorite product. It's like your I favorite guess, child, isn't it? Yeah, I love all of my products, but... Um, I guess if I have to think about the thing, I love the teethers, the dingering teethers. We don't call them dingerings anymore. We now call them teethers, mm -hmm. but they're the ones with the soft toy, as you know. They're my favorite because they are always there. Yes. They're our little, we made it together sort of yeah. thing. Your first baby. <laughs> yeah, first baby. Mm -hmm. And in them, my favorite new one is probably Byron Bunny. I love the color. Yeah. I just think it's so cute. And um, that's my favorite if I have to choose a favorite. Yes, yes, uh-huh. And have any flopped? Have you ever, have you had any products that just didn't go the, the distance? Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. We had actually, funnily enough, this was called a flippity flop. <laughs> oh dear, maybe the, maybe the name just was uh, fate. <laughs> it was cursed, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, Mary Big Dreams, Big Dreams in Melbourne was so funny because she bought a whole heap of them and she goes, Kate, I have to tell you, most of your products are wonderful, but the flippity flops were a flop. Oh dear. <laughs> and so what were they? <laughs> well, um, they had a wooden ring because we were like, oh, the wooden ring, that's great. And then we thought, well, what if we get put like a little bag on it? And then instead of putting a rattle in there, we put seat like beads in there so that it feels, so babies absolutely loved them. But as far as a product goes on a shelf, didn't work. Didn't look very appealing. Nope. Mm -hmm. I see. Very oh, weird. Mm -hmm. All the things you have to think about. <laughs> all the things. Yes. Uh, and what is your product that has just flown the most um, out of all of them? Do you have one in particular or they've all been pretty great? Oh, depends on how you say flown, but mm -hmm. Kelly Koala, Kelly Koala Huggy is, yeah. is our, my little darling and yeah, it goes so well. The, the big uh, cool gray koala teddy. Yes. Is, yeah. Love it. I can't, I can't even buy enough. I just keep buying them and buying them and they just keep selling and selling. Yeah. And they've been like that for a long time. Brilliant. I guess, especially uh, in our store, a lot of people like to buy, you know, sometimes Aussie themed uh, things like that. So yeah, she's Kelly is perfect for that kind of thing. Um, yep. So now that we're talking about each of the little soft toys, they're not, I guess, just a soft toy. They're like a personality of their own. So I remember when we yep. first got them in store, we just absolutely adored the special and unique touches that came with them so like the names of them and then they have the little swing tags with their likes and dislikes and their personality and their character so 
Um, can you take us through why you add that special touch onto them? Because I think for us, that's why we love them so much. Oh, really? Oh, that's so cool. Um, well, we when we created them back in, oh, so long ago, we just thought they looked so weird that borderline ugly that, you know, like when there's a really hot girl with kind of an ugly guy and you kind of wonder, he's got to have a great personality. <laughs> yes, so, I see, I see. <laughs> same concept so we we had these uh, yeah so we had these wacky characters with these wacky personalities and yeah but they've changed over the years mm -hmm. as mothers have changed and have how the vibe has changed and I don't know time moves on and then so we sort of go well, our toys have sort of cleaned up their act and they've become more refined. So yes, I know. These guys that. are these guys are more refined now. Yes, they are. And, Some of them uh, are astronauts and they're eco-warriors. <laughs> one's a cobbler, he's a, yes. he's a shoemaker. Yeah, yes. another one. Is that Dave? No, that's um banjo. Banjo, I think, is a cobbler. Oh, I'm and, so stoked uh, about Banjo because that's the name of my uh, oldest boy. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, yeah. we already have two Ross Foxes and a Phoebe, but we obviously need a Banjo now too. <laughs> Absolutely. That is so cool. What a great name. We love those names. Yes, I love them. I was like, and yeah. the colour, I'm like, I'm in love with, like, the emerald at the moment. So that green, tealy, emeraldy, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I haven't, I haven't seen a more perfect product. <laughs> oh, oh, we did it. We took that. That toy went really well at the photo shoot with the sand and yes, terracotta. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, he's gorgeous. Yes, we just, and I notice when people purchase them, they don't realize that they have those little tags on them with the personalities. And I think that's just such an added little bonus for them. It's, yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. brilliant. Uh, oh, so would you have any advice for any aspiring lady startups? Wing it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, if you, yeah, if you, yeah, I could say, oh, you got to get organized. You got to do that. No, you just got to make the first step. Just, mm -hmm. just do it. Like mm -hmm. if you've got a burning desire in yourself to, you know, work for yourself, just do it. Yeah. And just figure it out. It doesn't matter if you've got $3,000 in your bank account. Just do it. Yes. Oh, I love that. And so mm -hmm. what does, you've mentioned a few little things, but what, what can um, you tell us about OB Designs in the next couple of years? Oh, yeah. Well, um, I've got a lot of ideas and I definitely want to maybe get into more, I don't want to give away too much, but I want to yes. get, away, get into more sustainable, uh, more sustainable products and maybe the food, not food, but food storage. Yeah. Okay, cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And then that, that, they can also go not just from babies. I want to try and expand out from that. And yeah, since so the things that can be longer shelf life sort of thing. Okay, brilliant. Mm. Well, we'll keep our mm. eyes on that for sure. So before yeah. we finish, we're nearly at the end, but um, with each guest, I play a little game called the Collider Quickie. So yeah. I have um, a little box and you just choose a number and that coincides with one of my games. So if you would like to choose a number and we'll go okay. from there. So between one and five. Two. 
Number two. All righty. Number two is the alphabet game. Oh, gosh. This one is one that I have to play too. <laughs> um, all righty. So I pick out, we've got sport and exercise is the category. And we start from A and we take turns A, B, C, D. And whoever can't mm -hmm. think of a sport or exercise um, with, the, with the letter, I guess, loses. <laughs> Okay. So, right. I'll let I'll let you start with a a sport or exercise, and we have to see how see how fast we can get through the alphabet. So wait, wait, wait. So you say a, and then I try and think of a sport. Yep, sport or exercise. So for example, a is aerobics. So I'll hey, start. That's, that's, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, you oh, can go B. <laughs> wait, so I go B. Um, mm -hmm. Basketball. C. Oh. Coits, that's a sport, isn't cricket. it? Oh, cricket. Oh, cricket, good one. Except that was my turn. Now it's your yeah, turn sorry. to do D. <laughs> um, Shivers, that's a hard one. Demolition drag derby. Racing. Oh, drag racing, drag yeah, drag. that's good. <laughs> e, elastics. Elastics. Have you heard of that? Okay. Mm-mm. <laughs> in Australia it's just like these elastics and you put them through your legs and then you jump over yeah. them yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah I know what that is yeah yes, cool. yes. All right. yeah okay yes. F footy mm -hmm. G football. yeah football that's good G oh. oh I think I might I think I'm I think I have to um admit defeat for G G Oh dear. Can you think of one for G? I've already lost. <laughs> this is the last yeah. one. What can we think of for G? Mm. Exercise. Oh dear. I'm going to have to get on Google. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I think we will call it at that. And I think you might've won right. that game. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh i'll be on google time. yeah yeah okay we'll, we'll go with that <laughs> so thank you so much kate it has been an absolute joy getting to know you um and talking to you in real life instead of you know just through ordering so it's been brilliant and i thank you so much for your time um especially while you're at home with the kids so we really appreciate it and i know everyone will enjoy getting to know you oh thank you i feel very honored to have been asked thank you so much and to whoever's out there listening I hope I hope I uh, I hope I made sense yes you did you were absolutely captivating so can you remind us all before we go um where to find you guys uh on your socials and your website yep okay so our website in Australia is obdesigns.com.au our Instagram is just obdesigns and we're also on Pinterest now so oh. And Facebook, of course. Yes, yes. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, I will link all of those in our show notes. And now I'll let you get back to your Friday. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Kelsey. See you later. Thank you.